Hello, uh, hello, and welcome to the 84 Million Podcast. This will be episode four. Um, today we have a friend, uh, Luke. Um, he's on Twitter at Luke Wright Main. I have it up here on the screen, and he's also known as Rocket.eth. Um, pulling it, uh, kind of an informal bio here from your Twitter. You're an author at Web3 Domains. Um, you are an architect on the Ethereum name server, or ENS, and you're a developer on Ordinals. I mean, that's really what we want to talk about today as well. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Welcome to the show, uh, Luke. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me there. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for the introduction. Um, but let's get started. I'm I'm really excited to dive into Ordinals. I'm I'm very glad you reached out today. Yeah, I'm really glad you're here because I feel that despite me following Litecoin for a while and having a, a one of the websites in the Litecoin ecosystem. I'm not the foundation. Uh, we're a, kind of an educational volunteer operation at 84million.com. Um, but I, I'd like to think I know something about Litecoin <laughs> uh, historically as money. But now we're seeing all <laughs> sorts of new developments on top of this wonderful blockchain. And that's where you come in here. So um, I'll start with one of your tweets. We have a tweet from 31623. And um, it says, ordinals can be games, music, encoded data, unlockable layers, and you go on. Uh, can you unpack that for us further? Just kind of real basics on what is ordinal. Yeah, of course. So um, ordinals protocol, uh, basically developed by Casey Rotomore, um, originally on the Bitcoin chain and then forked over by um, a bounty program brought by Indigo and then Anthony, uh, one of the devs over here on the Litecoin side of things. Um, but basically what ordinals are is it's a protocol that allows you to use um, software, uh, basically an external wallet that links commands with Litecoin Core's CLI and separate Satoshis or separate Litoshis into 10,000 Litoshi clusters and then inscribe arbitrary data onto one single Latoshi and pack it into that 10,000 structure for padding. And we'll get into that um, in a little bit and how that all kind of works. But basically it might not seem very sophisticated at first. And it's like, oh yeah, like we know, we know uh, Satoshi right away inscribed, uh, what was it? The Chancellor, the brink of mm -hmm. bailout. Um, one the of the first inscriptions that we've ever seen. Yeah. So we knew that it was possible. and. The funny thing is, is with that being poss possible, we never really saw anybody really use it to do anything other than, you know, maybe put a message here and there on the blockchain. And uh, the Ordinos protocol came along and really changed that and gave it more so an open sourced way for everybody to kind of more so easy and uh, simplify the process on putting any form of data onto a Latoshi or onto a Satoshi. And it's quite cool. Like you can have old games on there. Um, a lot of the games will run either in like a JavaScript or a .html file, which then display on that Latoshi on the blockchain, wherever it is on the blockchain, it, wherever its location is, it's, it's crazy. You can find it, you can be stumbling upon the blocks and all of a sudden you come across the Doom uh, replica game on a Latoshi or a Satoshi and you're like, what in the world? Uh, but yeah, we're going to dive into it, but that's kind of the start on basically what ordinals are. It's, it's another form of uh, data that we can pack onto the current form of uh, Latoshis and Satoshis making the networks 
I would say, in my opinion, uh, a little more congested, but also I feel like it's going to be, if used for the right reasons and used for the right purposes, it's going to bring a significant amount of value to what we know as more of a kind of a non-fungible, fungible chain, that fungible aspect, bringing that to that. So, yeah. Interesting. I know you saw, um, or yeah, your tweet was recently, or one of your threads was recently shared by the one and only Satoshi Light as well. So he's noticing what's uh, going on on Litecoin as well. And um, it's interesting, um, and we'll get to your role in a minute, but I believe you put the first ordinal on Litecoin, correct? No, I I did not put the first order on Litecoin. That would be Anthony, the person who oh, forked okay. it. So um, he put I the M web put paper the first, on uh, LTC twenty. Okay, correct. So you yes. work with you've been working with yep. Anthony, or you've been in communication with him. Basically, with yeah, with been in communication with Anthony, and uh, that's where obviously the Litecoin punks came in. So the first kind of NFT style collection of pictures. Mm -hmm profile pictures on the blockchain um, layer one base layer is uh, that that group that we have going there. But yeah. yes, yep. this, this is this is exciting. Um, I'm going to be negative immediately. I mean, we're what, four, five, <laughs> six minutes into this conversation and I'll be the devil's advocate or, no, at do least, it, do or at least like share some of the concerns that have already been aired out. And I think we're all aware of them, too. But it's interesting because the MWeb most definitely. Paper was the first inscription on Litecoin. And yet our first episode here, what really launched this whole idea of bringing more ideas in a visual and audio format to our channel to discuss Litecoin was David Burkett, the coder, who really was responsible for the code to uh, allow MWeb to happen. Uh, and he's not a big fan. He's called it blog, uh, block spam. So um, before we get to more exciting stuff, can you address this idea of block spam? Yeah. Are you able to address anything you know, with the block spam? <laughs> I will. I I am I am able to address it a little bit here because I feel like I've caused a little bit of the block spam. Um, I will agree on the fact that it is definitely clutter. Um, but the, the whole premise of the clutter is to trim down the clutter to actually have more so use cases versus just putting data onto the chain. Um, I don't think the intentions right away was that millions of people or millions of inscriptions were going to be inscribed onto the blockchain. And that kind of took, I would say, the whole like Litecoin, Bitcoin world uh, really by surprise, um, as Bitcoin just surpassed like 3 million inscriptions this week and Litecoin is about to hit four, 400,000. Wow. Um, so it's, it's a crazy number and to like address it and to kind of get to the creator of MWeb's point. Um, I, I do agree in the fact that we have to find a pro we have to find a solution to how maybe we can limit the file size of, uh, these inscriptions or find a better way to stack the data um, that is being inscribed. Uh, that that brings its whole a whole another bones to pick uh, kind of thing. But being the devil's advocate, there's good and there's bad. So for every improvement, you're going to have negatives and drawbacks. I would say it is a boost for Litecoin in a sense because. Uh, 
I do believe I saw Bitcoin's, uh, gosh, the the Satoshis per byte or SAS per byte, like right around a thou over a thousand, like mm -hmm. for a couple days straight, the last couple days, and that's a significant, like I haven't seen it that high, and I don't think I've ever seen it that high to be honest yeah. with you, because um, most of the Bitcoin that we see is exchanged on, on like exchanges. Most of Litecoin is exchanged through exchanges, so it never really hits the, uh, the nodes per mm -hmm. se other than the exchange's notes. Uh, but on Light Litecoin side, Litecoin is handling it actually very, very well. I think we saw at the beginning of Litecoin's ordinals, we saw about, I want to say upwards of like 100 lits per byte, which was still extremely high for, for Litecoin. Um, but Litecoin, in a sense, I feel could handle ordinals in a way better than I believe Bitcoin could handle ordinals just because of how it was originally developed by uh, the person who's kind of talking about it, uh, retweeted the tweet, Satoshi Light. Um, he sees that there can be things added and there can be value added. Of course, like we said, there is the negatives. That is, it could be a little bit of clutter, but I do believe Litecoin has the capacity to actually flourish from it more so than the other, the, the brother blockchain, big brother blockchain. Yeah, interesting. Wow. And and what what's been your role with the ordinals? I mean, you've already shared some of this with us, but just continue. Just tell us a little more about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so currently, uh, basically, what I found uh, Indigo, I saw his tweet talking about, hey, who can fork this over uh, to Litecoin, and I started to work on it a little bit. It was it was still a little bit beyond me at mm -hmm. that point. And I know that Anthony had already had almost a working product within a couple of days. And I was like, holy smokes. So um, got connected with him and then ended up basically just uh, trying to help drive some traffic from, I would say, the rage over on Bitcoin to like, hey, this can also be done on Litecoin and can be done at a fraction of the cost quicker, cheaper, and uh, relatively the same way. So it's People who are coming from Bitcoin could do it easily on Litecoin. So currently uh, what we ended up doing was I ended up founding uh, Litecoin Labs uh, with a couple of people. And um, basically what we decided to do was try to educate people on how ordinals work um, on the Litecoin blockchain specifically. There's a few differences and we can get into that. Mm -hmm. um, and then also try to just drive more traffic over to, to Litecoin. I do believe Litecoin is... Uh, one of the a, a sleep a sleeper for sure, and I saw the the potential that Ordinals brought with it, with how cheap everything was going to be, and um, yeah, so basically trying to bring people over, and it was a huge success uh, right away. I think to date there is like the layer two, um, like Omni layer and whatnot uh, that's around, and they had some NFTs on there, um, but. This collection, we had a hundred of these, um, like kind of like crypto punks in a way, but styled Litecoin version with backgrounds of Litecoin and the logos. And and uh, this collection uh, had some of the like. Right now, it's done secondary volume, around half a half a million dollars. Wow. Um, that's traded across Litecoin and traded across Ethereum as well. Yeah. So some users um, decided to vault or wrap their um, Litecoin ordinal, which is, this is all doable as well, which can also bring <laughs> more scalability to Litecoin than we really know as well. 
um, by wrapping these assets onto other chains. Um, and that's something that we might get into with the LTC 20 protocol, but um, I try, I'm not going to try to push that too much until it's actually tested and tried. Uh, but that's currently what we're working on. And then the LTC 20 protocol um, is a movement that I kind of uh, gave it a little test first. And then as soon as I saw that, you know, Litecoin can do it too. I, I knew in my head, as soon as it was on Bitcoin, I'm like, yeah, Litecoin can do this. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's just one of those things. And I was like, yeah, if Bitcoin can do it, Litecoin can probably do it a little bit better. Indeed. Um, <laughs> that kind of way. So that's uh, that's what we went for. And we, we posted about it, um, kind of showed the proof of how the transactions work, deployed the first token. We call it a token. It's technically worthless, arbitrary. Um, People are trading it OTC right now, which is beyond me. Um, <laughs> it's so, so funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we created that. It's uh, called Light. And um, there's 84. We kept the same number as Litecoin, 84 million of them. And the max amount that you could inscribe per transaction to get to that 84, it was a fair launch, fair mint. Anybody could go after it, um, was 4,000 per transaction. So there's some people that got a, a pretty good portion, but there is a whole community of people, especially a lot of the um, the Chinese community, mm-hmm. uh, came in overnight when I was sleeping and just cleaned house on tons of these tokens. So it was it was really fun to see. Are they person the to person the trades at this point, like wallet to wallet? Um, yeah. So there is a way to send them. It's uh, you gotta so you have to have Ord Wallet, mm-hmm. which allows you because you need currently what you need for Litecoin is you need a BIP um, eighty four address, which is like a native uh, Segwit address. Yeah. Um, Light or excuse me, Bitcoin uses a little bit of Taproot in there, but Litecoin Core doesn't have Taproot integrated fully yet. Um, so that's that's the difference that we have between the two. Um, so it's not it's not very big, but there's only a few wallets that really kind of support Litecoin's version of the SegWit ordinal to be able to transfer without spending the UTXO. And what I mean by the UTXO is a cluster of 10,000 Latoshis and your inscription is on one of those Latoshis. And it could be on one of those Latoshis. The reason there's 10,000 is it's written into the software is it gives it a padding in case you spend the UTXO. That was a big question I had. Yep. Yeah, yes. if I if I could yes. on that, so I I use yep. standard uh, cold storage Trezor, you know those type of devices, but I also run a node, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, how do we even transfer this data without losing it? And um, and I was curious because it wasn't like I got zero zeros seven zeros and a one when I got my ordinal. It was actually larger than that. I was like, hmm. So you're mentioning it's padded. That makes more sense to me. And then I'm like, how do I not send this except that you can coin control in the in the node wallet? I think if you what I did was set up three independent addresses, each to receive one of my ordinals, and that's where they're stored. So to me, that's the best user experience I can get at this point. Um, and maybe, well, probably it's inevitable that if this continues to grow, we will have a better user experience. But is that about right? Am I am I correct on that, or is there another way? Yeah, you're you're basically spot on. Um, I would say the the official, the correct way, the safest way would to be install the Ord software, which I didn't Rust do. It. Lang. Yeah, I did not do that. Yeah. Yep. Which is which is okay because um, you can technically 
hold the ordinals in your core wallet or like electrum um litecoin mm -hmm. uh, wallet i would just be i would just be careful at this point of sending it unless you really know how to make sure that your utxos stay in the same order and yeah. then also don't get spent so yeah. using coin control is a way to kind of combat that um but that is something that there is a few groups development groups uh, that are actually working towards is creating more so a non-node wallet that is um like nodes on servers that will allow you to basically specialize in ord wallet so you can use the inscriptions back and forth um I, i'd say we're probably like hopefully a month out from that wow uh, i'm hoping okay. sooner uh i'd like to push sooner i think that maybe the conception of the ltc 20 and how it's kind of taken off um thus on like the bitcoin version and the litecoin version that it might kind of speed up the process and be like, hey, like we really need something because we, we do. And there's, there is stuff being built. It's just a matter of uh, how much manpower we have and how many hours of sleep we can get before we tire out kind of thing. Yeah, good um, deal. Yes, it's, you're spot on with that. Okay, I, I mean, bring it on the user experience. We'll need it. And I think, uh, you know, very smart people are already working on it uh, per your suggestion. Um, we, we kind of talked about it already, the Bitcoin ordinal versus the Litecoin ordinal. You mentioned that Litecoin um, does it better than Bitcoin, which I think I think that's a fact. I know it doesn't um, it doesn't make some people happy and it doesn't even negate the fact <laughs> that Bitcoin is an important uh, entity on <laughs> in our environment. I mean, of course, it's immensely important. <laughs> Bitcoin is, of course, immensely important, but but to concede that Litecoin does it a lot better, I, I would. I, I don't know how we can argue with that, really. Um, uh, then there's the maximalist, really, yes. of course. But and we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> but how was if you this started on Bitcoin, the ordinals for Bitcoin? Did you see some positive? I mean, clearly there's stuff being built now on Litecoin, so there's already a reception for this. But did you see mm -hmm. some real hard-nosed Bitcoiners like reject this totally, or did you see them like, yeah, cool, you know, let's use Litecoin too, like? Was there, what were you seeing with that kind of divisiveness between maximalists versus the old school Bitcoiners and Litecoiners holding hands with ordinals? Yeah. Oh gosh, if we could just get back to that holding hands, um, <laughs> yeah. that'd be great. I think but, Litecoin and yeah, Doge no, are doing that better great. now than Bitcoin and Litecoin, but I digress. Mo, mo, I would say most definitely. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great, great, great topic and great questions. Um, so coming... From the ordinals protocol on bitcoin right away because that's where it was and that's kind of how i was following it um right away the i would say the the maximalists uh had their had their thoughts rightfully so because we we saw the problem that persisted this last week and we saw that bitcoin traction bitcoin transactions became expensive mm -hmm. than it's ever been before and actually the bitcoin mempool so the blockchain dropped about, it was like 3,000 transactions, wow. which is, Litecoin hasn't done that. <laughs> so, so like, the, there, to, there to go, I can see where the maximalists uh, on the Bitcoin side of things were like, hey, I don't know, like, it could really be spam. And in a sense, it has turned out to be spam currently. I do think that it's it's super cool when you have like a full website or a game or something cool um, on it. Like, you know, that's that's neat. Uh, currently, I would say the the tokens have been a little bit spammy. 
with allowing anybody to create, but that's truly the decentralization of it all, the True. free will for anybody to create anything they want. So that's not going to go away. And that's one of the hardcore values that everything's founded on. Now, when it came to Litecoin, um, I would say that we did have some Litecoin maximalists right away as well say like, hey, we, we're seeing what's going on with Bitcoin. We're seeing the transactions and the outputs and just the spam. I don't know if this is going to be a good idea. For Litecoin. At first yeah. I thought, yeah. And then, yes. At first I thought, yeah. And I was, I was agreeing. And then I really kind of watched it over the first couple of days where like right away, like the first 100,000 just inscribed almost instantly. And even in the last couple of days, the first like couple, two, 300,000, or excuse me, 200,000 in the last couple of days that have been inscribed have been insanely, insanely fast as well. And Litecoin has handled it extremely well. And it hasn't actually got up over 100, 100 Latoshis. I think the highest I saw it uh, with blocks being fully, with transactions and blocks being fully filled is like, I want to say 21 Latoshis. Mm -hmm which is still a fraction of the cost of what it's costing for 21 Satoshis on Bitcoin. And uh, th there's, there's the fallout. I think Litecoin is going to be more accepting of it because they realize that uh, <laughs> they realize that it's actually cheaper and it can actually actually become something without ruining what's already been created. Mm -hmm. Now, what's also what Litecoin has that Bitcoin you know, could have, but doesn't have is MWeb. Yes. And, and MWeb, you can send MWeb transactions and be completely separate from basically all the ordinals transactions that are happening. That is something that I would think that Bitcoin might, you know, maybe consider. And I feel like that might give a boost. <laughs> no, they have liquid and they don't need Bitcoin, it. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. There's se uh, second layers and third it's, layers. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. But yeah, speaking of like the second layers and third layers and just the true base layer, um, what we're seeing with these tokens is, I would throw these uh, BRC20s and the LTC20s is, is truly amazing in the fact that now for, for the first time, I'm not sure why it took us almost a decade to do this, um, we're, there's getting attention of like Binance and OKX um, started on the Bitcoin side of things. We, we see some of the marketers being like, how can I learn about Litecoin ordinals? And we've been reaching out to them, explaining, awesome. and Good. talking. And yeah. um, it's, it's really cool to see just people somewhat getting more interested in the two chains that maybe weren't as interesting in the last bull run other than just, you know, higher price and them being the grandfathers of the other cryptos. Um, I think this puts more competition on a lot of the, uh, I would say, younger blockchains, um, younger with quotation marks, Ethereum, uh, all the layer twos built on Ethereum, um, and, and those as well. Um, because now, technically, we can have smart contracts in a way, but PBSTs that run ordinals that do relatively the same arbitrary data and at through points and endpoints that... Uh, say Ethereum could do. And Ethereum might be able to do it a little bit faster and a little more scalable, but this definitely gives a, a level of competition for that. And I feel like if people actually take the time to learn, they're gonna be pleasantly surprised of 
what this means for the fungibility of both blockchains, how it's still decentralized, still working, full-fledged. It's tested and tried once more, and it's still withstanding it all. So it's just another testament to, you know, where are you going to put your time? Where are you going to start learning about things? And actually, are you going to you going to deep dive? You're going to get into it. Um, I would love to see more developers get into like Bitcoin and Litecoin. Litecoin, mm-hmm. we need more developers in Litecoin for sure. Um, yeah. It's uh, I'm I'm spending a lot of time just trying to relearn how the how the client works and uh, really trying to deep dive into that. And I can say there's there's not a lot of documentation out there other than just like a, a few things here and there from you know five six seven years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so. It's, uh, I would love to see more people get in and I hope that this, you know, sparks some interest in developers and, um, cause we will need developers here if we're going to support more mass adoption and more mass movement, aside from the chain being as good as, as good as it already is. So that's not going away. Now this just, this just adds a whole new playing field. This can create more jobs. Like, <laughs> where they're talking about losing a jobs in the economy, but mm-hmm. here Bitcoin and Litecoin are creating jobs right now. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how funny is that? <laughs> it's a, I love it. It's terrific. And I think maybe if I could, I could also quote one of your recent tweets, which, mm-hmm. which was exciting to read as an outsider, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as a non-developing person in the ecosystem of Litecoin, you said yesterday, uh, I have fallen in love once more, once more with Bitcoin and Litecoin. I will post a thread soon. That will explain why ordinals might actually take these networks to inconceivable to an inconceivable level. Uh, Rocket.eth. Can you elaborate on that? I know you haven't published your thread yet. Um, of course. But share along those lines. I think that's quite a statement. Yeah, it's a it is a statement, and I thought about it. Like, do I do I really actually say this? Uh, because you know, even even online, your words are going to be held accountable in <laughs> some form or extent, and. Uh, the, the sheer fact of watching the amount of addresses move in and be created on the network, like, I, like, like, what was it like half a million in the last couple of days created mm-hmm. on like Litecoin? That's, I mean, that's like bull market levels of addresses <laughs> being a bear. created. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so seeing that, looking at how the market is playing into effect with the fair market value of Litecoin and how the network usage, the hash rate going through the roof, yeah, the halving is. is coming up. Yes, it is. And it's uh, it's one of those things where, um, regardless, Litecoin with the halving and with the hash rate going up would do well, would do very well. And this adds just that extra kicker, that extra push that if people weren't sure that if they actually look into it and they see the value behind it, they see how now businesses can actually be built on these things using this arbitrary data sequences, creating collectibles, creating tokenomics, tokens, and all that. That can, what, I mean, what OKX are doing, what Binance are doing is they're they're working with some of the Bitcoin ones right now mm-hmm. to create like spot trading for these things, which then boosts the network in a whole, um, which is just, I believe is going to be that next kind of inconceivable level that is really going to draw more market value into these older generation of coins, aside from the fact that they're already standard true, like Litecoin has been online 100% of the time. Yep. And through this ordinal 
uh, transition that we're kind of heading into, despite it being clutter on the blockchain, Litecoin has stayed up 100% of the time and has done so at least 10 to 20 times better than I would say Bitcoin has in the terms of how it's handling the spam. You can argue the fact that Bitcoin has more spam, but if you're still, if you're still watching the transactions come through, you're seeing that Litecoin is processing them so much faster and so much cheaper to the point where Litecoin on its chart, looking at its fair market value, its hash rate all the way through the roof, it's happening coming up, this new feature of ordinals coming, regardless of its spam, the amount of users that are coming in, the I would say, I would say I've, I've met about 20 new developers that have never touched Litecoin that have started kind of tinkering in Litecoin recently. And that goes to say, there's, a, there's probably a bunch more that I don't know that there's a language barrier or something that people are talking in other networks mm -hmm. being like, hey, let's let's get on this. That's that's really what we're seeing here. And despite what's happening with um, our economy and everything, it's it's uh, I don't know, man, it's just it's loading up and the gunpowder sitting there and we're just getting ready. You're bringing uh, light oh. and air into this uh, terrible environment right now. <laughs> it's it's it's, oh, it's wonderful. It's it's good. This is this is great information and um, very good information. So I, I hope all of this continues to move forward, and I think it will despite me. It already oh, has despite definitely. me, right? <laughs> um, I want to. Yes, yes. You mentioned Omni Light. I was aware of Omni Light. I launched a few. Uh, arbitrary uh, frivolous tokens on OmniLite as a second layer to Litecoin. Compare OmniLite, and I think there could have been, by the way, um, concern for congestion and spam with that too, and we're okay. It's That's going on two years, I think, this fall uh, since we've had OmniLite mm. uh, capabilities with M NFTs and, and tokens on top of Litecoin and second layer. But compare OmniLite and the LTC20 token. And I really just do want to talk about LTC20 tokens because it's brand new. I I'm thinking of it as kind of like an ERC20 mm. is to Ethereum and LTC20 is to Litecoin. Yeah, and I think that method methodology of thinking about that being the ERC, ERC 20 to Ethereum and the LTC 20 to Litecoin is the correct way to think about that. So OmniLite being a layer two, um, yes, I guess it, it does uh, help get more adoption into the Litecoin network on a, on a layer two level, um, which is still good. And I, and I think we should still use OmniLite. Mm -hmm. I think it's there and I think it's good. I, I really do. Um, there's, a, there's its use cases and there's its reasons. And Again, there's another reason that's brand new. And as we can get more de developers in here, they'll realize, hey, we can do things over here as well. Yeah. Now, on the LTC20 side of things, uh, it's on the base layer. So any transaction that you're actually doing is completely benefiting miners. It's, it's uh, on the layer one, it's actually benefiting the coin directly real time. Mm -hmm. And that is what I believe is the considered like the difference between OmniLite and then of course the LCT20 ordinals standard. And uh, it's kind of as simple as that. Um, I, I, I love OmniLite as well. I, I actually, I didn't hear about OmniLite until probably about four or five months ago, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. That doesn't um, surprise me. I remember me. reading about it a while back. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, I just kind of got caught up on it right as soon as I heard about like the first ordinal kind of theory being pitched, uh, what was it like December of last year? 
So I feel like this just came out of like came out of nowhere. <laughs> what was I like you with Omnilight where this has been brewing for months and I just wasn't aware about it and now we're getting aware of it or is this just did this literally just kind of <laughs> come out overnight? Yeah, I, I would say it, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, it There's been talks in, in forums and kind of like the Bitcoin discussion area from Casey Rodemore kind of proposing the idea and kind of explaining what he was testing. And uh, that's been going on for my knowledge. I read the first kind of post around December of 2022. Um, and then within like one month uh, of that in January, it started actually gaining traction. And they, I think they uploaded like uh, the first version towards the end of January. I don't know the, the dates to be exact. So take it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. And it took about, I would say until mid to late February for uh, I would say what we call the DGEN community of Ethereum to realize, oh, we can have NFTs on, on Bitcoin. And I think that honestly started a little bit of a movement because the, the people that we've seen kind of trying to use <laughs> ordinals uh, have never set up a node in their life. <laughs> and this, which is, which is awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad they're coming over. I'm glad they're And on Ethereum, because... you can't run a node. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it's uh, you could I guess you could run a validator on Ethereum, but it's not it's not the same, not entirely the same. Um, so that is kind of what kind of got the attention a little bit, and then all of a sudden people started tweeting, "Oh my goodness, I'm in the I I made it into the first 1,000 inscriptions on Bitcoin." This is crazy. And what really took it off was there was a single trade of this Bitcoin punk for an actual crypto punk. So the equivalent was like around a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars in, in value, mm -hmm. which is very significant. And that caught the eye of a lot of people. And then all the way from then end of February to March, like it went it went to a million in, insanely fast on, on Bitcoin. And well, not a million, excuse me, it went to like seven hundred thousand. And then uh, uh, the BRC20 protocol started getting kind of announced and then it kind of took off from there. Uh, so to basically that's kind of the lowdown on how it kind of just came about and it was kind of brewing. And then February, end of February, March, it just slammed. And yeah, here we are. Yeah, it's young. Uh, I think this is going to be a very valuable talk for people to access because there's a lot of spaces on Twitter and admittedly, I haven't been in on a lot of those conversations, um, but there's still, this is very unknown and really new for a lot of people. Um, so this is super valuable today. Um, let's go, well, maybe we'll, since we're still on ordinals, do you know anything about doginals? Of course, Dogecoin, <laughs> we had Dogecuban on our yes. last episode. Dogecoin and Litecoin, there's a wonderful relationship between the two over the course of time. Um, it's a mm -hmm. LTC as a BTC and a Doge as an LTC in terms of code with some variants. Um, but what's going on with Doginals? Is, is it, can we do it? I, I've heard the word and I think it was Indigo that mentioned Doginals, but I don't know if there's anything yes. happening with that. Yes, uh, it can be done. A lot of the tools have not fully been like, 
there's a there's a public one, um, but there was some controversy right away as there was a couple developers and a developer team and then a couple of solo developers kind of competing to get the first version out there because technically it can be replicated. So somebody could go along and make, let's just say ordinals V2 and say, hey, inscribe on, on this and it could index the whole that those indexes if it was built. So it can technically be built again, but now the, the rule in, I guess, in all retrospect is you know, first mover's advantage, first come, first serve, this was the first product launch. And there is some, uh, a couple months ago, there was some like debates, which one was the first one and uh, one blockchain, or excuse me, one uh, Dogenals developer and developer team actually kind of blocking out and not uh, indexing inscriptions that mm. were actually pushed on, on there from the other so it was kind of a, a bad relationship and I, and I feel terrible because that's not what we want. Yeah. And uh, of course we want people to be holding the hands, but uh, there, there's people saw the money involved after seeing it go to Bitcoin and seeing it go to Litecoin. Uh, they realized, holy smokes, Dogecoin is a meme coin. Uh, this could work. And um, so it is on there now. And I would say, I, to be honest with you, I don't know which version is being used, which developer team won out. I, I don't know because I, I haven't touched it. Um, but I, I have seen inscriptions and I have seen collections. And somebody, I, I saw one um, live inscription service that actually had uh, like a Doge 20 thing. That was like, I'm not sure if it was legitimate or they just put it up there to kind of draw excitement. Hmm or if you've even tested it, I, I don't know. So um, that, that's the case. But the one thing with, uh, with Doginals is the data that you can put on um, a Doge. I, I don't even know what the lowest form of a Doge is. Um, I don't know. my head, I really don't. But the, <laughs> Are they as the divisible? I, I don't so know. so small. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I really don't. Um, yeah. But the ordinal data is like, you you have to have it. I don't even know the bytes. It's got to be like something under like 50 bytes or something really crazy, which is relatively extremely small. And uh, other otherwise, it kind of, I'm not sure what really happens, but that's kind of the drawback and the limit. But and their, that's, yep. Their block time is faster too. Does that change anything? Right, yeah, the block time is faster. It's every minute, um, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in theory, it would. Um, it would. It would essentially make it, in theory, cheaper and and faster. Um, I, I did hear that there was some tests that it actually was comparative to Litecoin mm -hmm. on a scale of price for inscription, and I don't know the I don't know the background and the in depth on how that that works, but comparative wise. Um, Again, this could be completely rumor, and I could be I could be hearing steam from somebody mm -hmm. uh, that it was roughly on the same level price point for inscribing data as as Litecoin, maybe a little bit cheaper, but not not as much as a difference from Bitcoin to Litecoin. Interesting. One more question I have, and then we're going to move on and kind of pivot here in a minute. But uh, and this was discussed with uh, David Burkett on our first episode. What happens when I take an ordinal and I send it into MWeb? And then what happens when I send it to MWeb? Does it 
is it still there? Is it obfuscated? Is it lost? And if that, uh, if I pull out the ordinal, if I can use this language, pardon me if I'm not articulating this successfully, mm -hmm. but if I pull it out, is it the same? Is it recognizable? Was it scrubbed? Again, pardon my ignorance. I'm just curious. And mm -hmm. David didn't really know either. Yeah. Uh, so from my understanding, the way ordinals, uh, the protocol works is it's uh, inscribing the Latoshis onto an address that is for Litecoins respective, like a native SegWit, a BIP84. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it works with the other version of SegWit. There's technically two versions of SegWit. There's like an old version and a newer version. Mm -hmm. um, but from, from my knowledge, if you were to send it to an MWeb address, it is gone. Um, you're, you're not going to get it out. It's just, it's incompatible, which is, which is sad. Maybe in the future we can uh, mess around with it and get it to work. But um, as far as it works right now, the only address you can truly send it to are other SegWit addresses. Mm -hmm. And really what you really want to do is just to make sure that any address that you're sending it to needs to be a SegWit address. And it also needs to have a wallet that has coin control and UTXO kind of blocking features. Right. Um, so yeah, we can purge ordinals through sending to MWeb. In, in a way, yes. I do believe that the index, the block index will display the address that it's on. It's just, you will, it's technically burned. The data will be there and it will be kind of indexed, but there's no way that you will ever see that kind of recircle in, in a way, Interesting. Um, to my knowledge. And this could, this could be wrong, but this is what we've tested and this is what we've, what we've seen so far. Interesting. So, I appreciate your comments on it. <laughs> it's helpful. Yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting. Um, let's go to kind of the some of the more um, popular items in, in ordinals. And um, we mentioned the Litecoin punks. And then there's a there's Litecoin punks. And then there's the Litecoin punks on ordinals punks.biz. There's like versions of them, which I think those were the Ethereum punks. Can you differentiate those for me? Yeah. How do we know what punks yeah, are which? Um... Which punks are which? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. I, I remember seeing them a while back, and I do believe they're punks on uh, Litecoin. It's just a matter of the the Litecoin punks, the term that that we branded from Litecoin Labs, um, was the first like curated collection of these punks um, that actually kind of established themselves in the first one thousand inscriptions. So there is people that um, inscribed a few punks beforehand and inscribed like, you know, text and, you know, the MWeb was the first one and then these rocks mm -hmm. and uh, there's that. But um, since these have come out in the first 1000, there's been other takes on different variations of punks on, on, the, on the chain. Okay. So it's a matter of um, how I would say the, the business or the organization behind it is categorizing them. Yeah. And how how they're how they're solving that so for in our example if if you were to go to litecoinlabs.xyz and look mm -hmm. at our gallery yeah. you'll see that our punks are actually curated and it will tell you the inscription uh number and basically kind of where they are located on the blockchain in our case ours a lot of ours uh, a lot of our holders have chosen to vault them mm -hmm. and send them to a 
uh, Litecoin address, Litecoin wallet, that the keys are locked onto an Ethereum smart contract. Okay. And then they're actually used to be traded back and forth. You're basically trading the keys is what you're doing to that wallet that has that inscription. And that is truly kind of what helped kind of give some more market value. But before we had that, um, like some of the, some of the sales that uh, we were seeing, uh, like traded peer to peer, not, not from us, but peer to peer from others after they received them was like, it was like something like 50, 50 Litecoin wow. for like one of wow. these, which is, which is significant amount. Um, but yes. Yeah, it seems so. I think the dot biz ones were the Ethereum CryptoPunks that maybe were just brought over okay. by that team or somebody. I don't know. Um, that's another oh, thing too. Yeah. You could just so steal images and mint have... them. But I don't know if it's the same people. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. But then the Litecoin ones, which I think are aesthetically different with the kind of the pixelated L's in the background, which look actually really kind of attractive. Um, those are more. That's what you've been involved with, or at least your platform has released those. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, tell me more about Litecoin Labs. Did you start it? Is it a co-op? How long has it been around? What are you planning to do with it? Or how is it evolving? Yeah. Uh, good questions. Good questions. These needed to be answered anyway. Um, so yeah, as soon as Ordinals uh, came out and got forked to Litecoin, uh, I decided that, you know, I've been on Ethereum for a while. Um, I've been doing some development work and uh, kind of helping people integrate um, like domain names with DNS domains, building websites fully decentralized. And I kind of wanted to make a little bit of a pivot and uh, learn something more about another chain. And this was an opportunity to really kind of deep dive into a chain that I've been, that I've loved for technically years. And it's just kind of been stagnant. Like, yeah, I, I have my node running and I have this and here's that. Yeah, maximalist kind of <laughs> thing. And, <laughs> and uh so Litecoin Labs was, was founded with a couple people uh, of mine. Um, they're, I'm not sure, I, Slick is one of their names and then Brody is the other one. Um, and these people are other kind of, uh, kind of lighter devs, like a little bit of back end, a little bit of front end, and then of course um, some ordinals and then the, the blockchain itself. And basically what we're trying to do and what we're like the future that we're doing is we're really trying to help develop this ordinals protocol and show people what it act, what it can be used for fully. And whenever whenever new things come out on Bitcoin or if we're able to figure something out and push it out on Litecoin, mm -hmm. you know, before that, um, we're going to try to do that. And you know, we might be pushing a little bit of boundaries with it, and uh, there might be some backlash. And you know, that's okay because in the, at the end of the day, like uh, it will grow and. It will, it will just show kind of like, you know, this is, this is uh, what we should be doing. This is maybe not what we should be doing and uh, get people more aware of actually the, you know, the inconceivable level that this could take these networks really. Interesting. Um, you mentioned doom on uh, or carried via ordinal. Very interesting. I know you did a taproot yes. wizards ordinal, which I think is an inscription. I wrote it down four zero zero four four nine. Um, I saw Flappy Chicken. Mm -hmm. I think that was the first one I did, which was kind of impressive. I'm like, wow, it's like a primitive game actually on the blockchain, like sort of crazy. Um, how many games are you seeing? <laughs> yes. I mean, are, yeah, tell me more. Oh, gosh. So there's, I would say, oh, goodness, there's probably a couple thousand games already um, inscribed. Um, I would say there's probably 
like a good hundred games on Litecoin inscribed and, and probably around a thousand or so on, on Bitcoin inscribed. And it's, it's quite crazy. For, for example, there was a whole doom level um, inscribed, which is honestly very impressive for, you know, how you think doom would run. Like seriously, that can run on a Satoshi. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's me? That's like, wild. I know, what what I know. inscription number is that? How do I play um, Doom on Litecoin? Ah, uh, you know, let's see here. I, um, I'll I'll probably have to share that. That's uh, fine. Offline. We can do it I'm after sure the show. I'm sure if you type it yeah. in on Twitter. Sure. I'm sure if you type it in on Twitter, uh, you know, Doom Ordinal, it will it will pop up. But wow. we do actually on on our website, Litecoin Labs, we have an arcade where you can actually go through a bunch of different games. Like there's like 40 different games there mm -hmm. um, that are inscribed onto Ordinals. Some of them being Litecoin ordinals, and then some of them being Bitcoin ordinals. Some other people developed them. Uh, we gave them credit, and then uh, we developed a few ourselves um, as well. Like Flappy Chicken was one of the ones that, um, or Flappy Chicken, excuse me, is the is the one that uh, uh, we put on uh, Litecoin as the first game, mm -hmm. and that's around inscription number. Like I think the first one is like 2000 something, like really early 2000. And to be fair with you, I don't know which wallet I have it in right now. <laughs> I, I, I have a few others in a, a few other wallets, but I don't remember. I can't find the wow. wallet that I had it in. So it might be lost forever. <laughs> but yes. Wow. And moon chickens too? How are the moon chickens uh, doing? Or how many collections do you have? I know about moon chickens and I know about Litecoin uh, Punks, your variety. What other NFTs uh, or orbitals yeah. are on your site? Yeah. So... The Litecoin, the Litecoin punks are, are, I would say, Genesis collection. Those are the ones before the 1000. We covered that. And then we have these kind of these moon birds, uh, moon chickens, whatever you want to call them. I guess the terminology that we carried over was moon birds. And there's 9,200 of these. Moon birds, yes, pardon Significantly me. more. Yes, you're good. So, significantly more supply of these. And um, kind of our goal with this is to not like, we're not really trying to like, oversell these and really we're giving them we've been giving them away to communities giving them away to people who have been sticking around in in the actual community mm -hmm. of ordinals um to be fair we've only given away probably like 200 of them yeah of the of the, of the 9000 and we're still planning on giving probably another i would say 400 before we kind of push maybe like a five ten dollar sale mm -hmm. uh per per inscription um, and, and really what we'd like to do is if, if time allows and, you know, things progress, we'd love to integrate one of these first tokens, one of the LTC twenties to be used to actually purchase these inscriptions. Um, that, that, I mean, you could use Litecoin if you wanted or whatever, but you could also use a lower form of Litecoin on an arbitrary value token, you know? Something, and the something tethers, that's technically worthless. And the tethers are established. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, very cool. Very cool. I'm going to, I have two more here. Well, maybe three more questions. And then we did get a few mm -hmm. uh, Q&As, which uh, we can go over to. Are you okay with time? Yeah, we're okay. good. Okay, very good. So we kind of alluded to this already, but my question would be, it is a bear market. Sentiment is down. We both agree on that. Um, for the United States, the regulatory environment is murky, unclear at best, hostile at worst. Um, what's your outlook for the U.S. or other jurisdictions just with the 
cryptocurrency space, I'll say it super broadly. And maybe if you wish to differentiate yeah, uh, the cryptocurrency space from maybe the Bitcoin and the Litecoin, something like that. Yeah, I, and I and I and I I would most definitely do that. I I think you hit that on the head. Um, I'll start off with that. Actually, we saw in it was like a one of the uh, the Commodities Exchange Commission that re regulates kind of commodities. It's different from the FDIC mm -hmm. and the SEC. Um, they came out with a post, gosh, what was it? Maybe a month or two ago. And it stated basically in this post when they were filing a lawsuit actually against uh, Coinbase. And it, it's, it kind of stated in that lawsuit that the only thing that they see as commodities are basically Bitcoin and Litecoin. So significant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm not sure if this is uh, true, but I heard something along the lines of in the next like 10 days, I think the SEC is supposed to actually bring some regulation front. Mm, okay. Um, I don't, I, I think that was just a, a news line title that I saw somewhere. So, you know, it's, that's probably just somebody getting clickbait, but uh, yeah, I think the way our, our U.S. economy is headed is one of those, uh, one of those scary things. If we look at, at least in 2008, and I, I will say like I'm younger, so I haven't really experienced a lot of the turmoil. Mm -hmm. um, like in 2008, I, I was eight years old. I'm 23 now. Yeah, yeah. And we had we had the housing the housing bubble, but first it started with the Washington Bank, the big one, uh, really folding, and that was you know hundreds billions of dollars, mm -hmm. and then it kind of trickled into this like little snowman effect. There's like a graph that you can look at where you can see the size and circles of that bank and then you can see kind of the little banks following it and then all these like really little like snowflakes that follow after that and they call it the snowman kind of tower effect with mm -hmm. the banking and how things fall well what we're currently seeing is we're seeing that again i think we're on our third or fourth like full failure full failure in banks with uh yeah i think it's what is it first republic being the most recent one in the last uh, you know week or so yeah and that's where the snowman is happening. So first we had Silicon Valley and that's that's a little smaller than the Washington bank from 2008 that collapsed, yeah. that started Signature bank everything in 2008. At issue too. Yes, yes. And um, we're seeing that, that snowman effect and we have the three layers of the snowman built now as of, you know, First Republic actually collapsing. Um, we also have the Fed launching the fed now program mm -hmm. i'm not sure if you're aware of that and i it was it the can, next couple months you can here. remind us but yes i'm generally aware of it but remind uh, us and our yeah. listeners what that is about I'm, goodness gracious yeah i mean everybody with dual citizenship right now is you know panning out pretty well <laughs> but uh it's it's one of those things where the u.s is almost on its default ceiling we're seeing the bank failures we're seeing hard regulation on crypto. We're seeing, actually, I shouldn't say hard regulation. We're seeing regulation that changes on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes. No set in stone regulation. Yes. If we'd have regulation, regardless of what it is, it would actually be better, even if it hurt. As long as a, it's set in stone, it would actually be. Yeah, it'd be a clear signal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, I do believe, if uh, I do believe the U.S. is behind, completely behind on crypto, and they have been. Uh, 
other other nations, other countries have been on top of it and always have been. And what we're seeing is we're seeing, you know, our biggest exchanges in the United States getting pushed out of the United States. Which is so not good at all. That's really bad for no. liquidity for Americans. Yeah. Or United States citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that's that's the scary downside of that all. So I do have faith in in america still um i mean i I have to Mm -hmm. um granted there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world right now that is really dictating our economy Mm -hmm. Um, the BRICS nations forming being one of those uh the yuan um the chinese yuan being used for a lot of petrol trade Mm -hmm. um which was primarily all traded in the united states dollar and I would say the United States dollar does have, I think it's like, it still has a, a ton of strength. It's still used like 80% of the time. The one is slightly uh, gaining on that. Right, yeah. But it's going to show that the once great empire that I would say the United States had uh, is unfortunately, you know, crumbling and it's uh, it's getting really hard to solve. And, you know, defaulting on the debt ceiling uh I'm not, I don't really fully know. I'm not an economist if that's going to help us or not. Um, but those aside, how is that going to affect crypto? Um, well, if you're an American, I'm very sorry. Uh, it's it, it might be a little bit rough for us for for a while. Um, you know, Puerto Rico is looking pretty good. You can actually get there. <laughs> yes. Uh, as an American citizen. They got some. They got some good. Uh, I know there was always the income tax there, uh, but... deletion incentive. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I think that with the opening, the more uh, open the rest of the world is, uh, you got to think about this: is the U.S. can fail, but that doesn't mean that our cryptocurrency is going to fail. You know, it might be a stumble of liquidity of what we can actually use in at least you know here in America. But the rest of the world's going to be trading it still, and it's still going to keep on going. We've seen countless countries try to ban it. Count- countless countries just, you know, tear it to shreds, and it's and it's come unbanned, and it's being used more so than ever. And you got to think about this: is we have a generational, uh, a generation gap basically, with like eighty percent of the wealth in the United States is held in the generation that you know might pass away in the next what is it, 10 years or so. Yeah. And we have now a generation that's that's uh, younger than me. I, I, what do they call it? Gen, uh, I don't even know, Gen Z, a little less than Gen Z. Forget what that one is. Um, that's coming up and what have they known? They've known everything is online. Everything is digital. They've seen the machines for buy Bitcoin, buy Litecoin, buy Ethereum yeah. in their stores, in their Walmarts, in their gas station. Um, so it, it's going to withstand the test of time. Um, as of right now, like it's it'll, it'll be rocky for a little bit, but you also got to know that we're coming up on Litecoin's halving cycle. We're also coming up on Bitcoin's halving cycle. Um, I, I do think right now is a time where, you know, it's a, it's a, it's okay to say, but it's also a, a time to you know just look, you know, just look around and see see what you can do, um, other than your you know standard American dollar. Um, if we look at gold, gold is trading as high as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, what's, what's the digital gold, you know? So 
there's that, and that's all. That's all I really have on on that question. Yeah, and physical silver is bizarrely undervalued, uh, in my opinion. Uh, just like uh, digital silver yes. is bizarrely undervalued. But uh, yes. I, I'm not going to go into those because, <laughs> to be honest, it's right. speculation for me too. But I think we all kind of notice these bizarre um, facts and um, very very mm -hmm. strange. Um, I'm going to refer to another tweet, uh, which you released on 316. Uh, sorry, but the next NFT bull run is Ordinal's BTC dominance, but LTC will have value as well. Laugh at me if you want. You can thank me in the next two to three years cycle. So what do you mean by this? <laughs> Gosh, you, you really went deep dive in here. I like it. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, yeah, it's... That was actually the tweet um, that as soon as I looked at the amount of addresses coming in and seeing that it compared to actually the last bull market and seeing how it actually compared on scale to the amount of Ethereum addresses. And Ethereum was the prime, uh, the prime mover for the NFT market that we saw explode in the digital art uh, market. Um, after seeing the amount of addresses and actually kind of almost tracking these addresses by, cause you can tell that what the addresses are being created. You can see that SegWit addresses are being created on Litecoin and you can see that Taproot addresses are being created on Bitcoin. So you can tell that these addresses are being created for ordinals and for these, for these protocols. Um, you know, it's already got support from some of the huge brands in, uh, I would say huge brands, huge organizations in the the bigger blue chip area of the NFT space on Ethereum. That being Yuga Labs, D Gods, and Onchain Monkey. Onchain mm -hmm. Monkey being, being probably my favorite one. Uh, Danny, a, a legend over there. Uh, he's like he's always innovating, and he's and he's willing to test the boundaries. And that's one of the things is um, I don't know how serious he is, but he did. Uh, I don't remember what if it was a tweet or if it was in a space that. Uh, they said that, like, you know, he's aware of, of Litecoin's ordinals and he's looking on it and they're just, uh, they're, they're looking. So it's, it's cool to see that. And um, I think, uh, actually, I think Charlie Lee uh, rocks a, well, rocks is the, the new age term for it, is using a profile picture that's of an on-chain monkey, mm -hmm. um, which is one of those ones on Ethereum that we saw is now actually pegged to the Bitcoin Ordinals protocol one-to-one hmm. uh, -one in a way that they did that, that actually not a lot of other NFT spaces have actually done. But to get back to that tweet, with the amount of addresses coming in, seeing that directly they were coming for the Ordinals protocol, um, the, the amount of inscribing that's going on in a bear market, the amount of, the amount of money that's flowing in from other blockchains into these blockchains on, like a, on a daily value is, is like, it's a, uh, it's beyond me considering where we are at an economic standard. I'm trying to, trying to turn my head around, like, you know, where's, where's everybody getting this money to throw around <laughs> when we're, when we're going through what we're going through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's here to stay. Um, it's being developed. There's tons of marketplaces on the BTC side of things. The LTC side of things is, is coming. I think Lightverse is, is working on something, uh, and uh, yeah, it's that's uh, that's basically it. With with that, is take it take it for what you want. Good deal, good deal. Well well said. Um, before we hit the Q and A, just a quick quick announcement. Um, 
we are releasing the Litecoin Coffee Club Batch 2 of 100% Honduras. Um, it's going to be, the landing page is live if you go to litecoincoffeeclub.com. Um, you can also visit it at the 84 million shop. Um, we, ha- we roasted a batch with our friends House Roots in Granada Hills, California in the San Fernando Valley back in January. And the first batch, um, our pilot batch, uh, it was received quite well. So we're glad to be releasing another version. It's not a Colombian. It's not an Ethiopian. It's still the Honduran coffee, just batch two. So if you missed the first one or you love the first one, now's an opportunity for folks. Um, I did send an email out today about that. And the landing page is live. So between now and May 14th, um, it's going to be a complete match um, with batch one in terms of price. After the 14th, it will go up slightly. It's going to be a small batch production again, like the first one, but um, it is open now. So if you're interested in that, please visit litecoincoffeeclub.com or the 84million.com shop. Um, and sir, for a thank you for coming, I hope you like coffee. I'll be glad to send you a bag, but we'll, we'll do that offline. Um, let's go to the Q&As. Uh, we did get a few. Let's see if any more came in. I'm not sure if I gave folks enough time. Um, we just have one from Animal Litecoin. Um, he said, can you show us a live demo on how to deploy a new LTC20 token? So we can't really do that here. Um, and I'm not going to task you with creating video content when we're offline, uh, yeah. but maybe you can address that. How, to, how do you build them or is there a resource some uh, animal could use to, to go forward? Yeah. Yeah. So... The way it works is it's uh, quite simple. Um, as long as you follow the format from uh, the form that I posted on Gitbooks, it's uh, litecoinlabs.gitbooks.io. Uh, I, I can I can drop the link somewhere, but it's it's posted under the Litecoin Punks Twitter, and um, it goes to the Gitbooks and it tells you basically how what you need to do to deploy it, and you are simply putting the text the deploy text with the max amount, the limit, the uh, the ticker um, of what you want to deploy, and then obviously declaring that it's an LTC 20 for indexing purposes. You save that um, one line into a text file, and then you uh, would inscribe that text file. So I do know, um, as we're watching this, probably in the next, I would say, 10 hours or so, there should be a tool up. Um, you know, I'll, I guess I can, I guess I can plug it because it is the, the original fork forker of the ordinals, um, protocol onto Litecoin. It's going to be lightscribe.io and, uh, they'll have an easy way for you to actually just kind of declare, um, what values you want for which and deploy a token. And there'll be an indexer where you can actually see, um, if the token has technically already been deployed, because the way the protocol works is if there's a re- repeat deployment, it's only going to take the first one that's deployed. And that's the same way the tokens go, thus being the mint functions, is it, it only counts the first uh, tra- first transactions, the first, uh, you know, in Light's case, 84 million tokens that have been minted. And anything after that is uh, negated by, you know, the the first is first rule, <laughs> kind of a... Kind of a self-explanatory rule, but uh, that is uh, kind of the brief way and how you do that. Okay, very good. Uh, one more, uh, we have Adler model. Hopefully I'm saying that correct. 
Um, he's kind of got four questions, or this individual has four questions. Would LTC tweet? Will LTC twenty be good for Litecoin? We kind of addressed that already. Uh, maybe for Litecoin miners? Question mark. Worse for Litecoin transactions? Question mark. Uh, would it be interchangeable with BRC twenties? Question mark. Thank you. So yes, yes, no, yes. No, okay. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, it is it is good for Litecoin. It's it's something new. It's getting more people involved. Uh, it's getting more eyes and getting more developers. So yes, it's good for Litecoin. Um, is is it creating uh, more incentive for miners? Uh, most definitely. Um, as we can see, the hash rates going up. I know that's probably primarily because of the halving coming up, um, but it's actually giving more incentive um, for miners to actually be mining because you know the payouts might be a little bit more thus actually putting them in the green for power consumption to, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, tokenomic cost, value cost that they're transferring it into. Um, yeah, it can, it can clog transactions, uh, but as we've seen with Litecoin, Litecoin has handled it perfectly fine and uh, I believe will continue to do so. I, I, think, I think we could see probably 10 times the amount of traffic that we're seeing right now and Litecoin would still run without a doubt, no problem, with extremely cheap fees, like pennies on the dollar um, as well. And then uh, the last question, can it be used, uh, can, can you integrate it with uh, BRC, uh, LTC to BRC? Um, you know, there's some roundabout ways to do that, uh, not necessarily directly. Uh, one way that you could do that is you could essentially uh, deploy a BRC20 wrap it, mint the supply, all the supply, so you're kind of the controller of it, mint or deploy an LTC20, mint the whole supply, wrap it. So you wrap them both together into like a layer two contract on either, you know, OmniLite, Bitcoin's layer two stacks uh, into uh, Ethereum, and you could theoretically uh, create a token that's pegged on, on all three of them. Um, I'd also take that with a grain of salt because truly, what are you, what are you trading at that point? Because if it's wrapped, it's not necessarily moving addresses. So it's not helping the network in any way. And it's not necessarily taking up any network, uh, transactions or it's not benefiting the miners. So theoretically, like, yeah, in the future, it's probably possible and maybe we'll see it, but, um, I don't think it's something that we'll see too much of, to be honest. Here, here, very good. Well, that, those are the only two questions we had today. It was kind of short, but I, I didn't give people a whole lot of time and I didn't allude to uh, your account, which probably I should have done that. Um, but anyway, we left the element of surprise stand. Um, but very good. I appreciate you coming on. I think we covered a lot of ground. Uh, you're very well spoken. I hope you do more of these talks to uh, speak of the benefits of Litecoin. Uh, on other channels. Um, so maybe this is, uh, well, let me know. Send me the links when you're on somebody else's show. But uh, we're, we're certainly glad to have you. Of course. And um, any final thoughts? I mean, again, I can share your Twitter, Luke uh, Wright Main. Um, is there any other links you wanted to provide? Any final closing thoughts you want to share with us? Uh, not too much. Uh, just thanks for having me on. And um, this, is a, this is a great podcast. There's 
you know, this is my first time obviously being on it, but I've been listening to it for at least the last three podcasts consistently now. And there's a lot of valuable information and a lot of really technical stuff that if you take the time to listen, uh, you'll, you'll find the value and you'll find the benefit. And uh, I'm actually really excited to, you know, look into this coffee that you got brewing over here as well. Those are my final thoughts. Here, here. Well, thank you for your kindness. Again, thank you for coming. Yes, I'll be glad to send you a bag. Um, and uh, we'll see where we go with content. We're working on getting other folks on, but having you here today was certainly uh, uh, something very special. So thanks for your time. And uh, we'll end with that. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in uh, to episode four with uh, Rocket.eth, um, Luke Wright. Um, have a good one and uh, be well. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.